conscientious breathing. In other words, not automatic breathing, which is what we're doing right now, thank God, but taking control of our breathing and simply breathing slowly, inhaling, exhaling, becoming more aware of our breathing, and most importantly, using breath as a way of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every breath as a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's, it's the easiest way to feel connected to Hashem, even easier than eating, is breathing, and yet we usually take it for granted. Okay? So Bezrat Hashem, today we're going to try to connect ourselves a little bit to the, to the concept of breathing. So before you look at the source sheets, forget about the source for a second, what's the first source in our Jewish beautiful tradition that comes to mind when we think about the concept of breath as a way of connecting to a Kaddish Baruch What comes to mind? What do you guys think? Right? So Josh is telling us, Adam Arishoin, when God gives him breath. Beautiful. So we're going to talk about that in one second. There's another source that very often people think about. What else comes to mind when we think of Jewish sources relating to breath? It's related to what Josh said, but there's another time when we talk about that in our daily practice, about God breathing life into us. Exactly. Awesome. So that, I thought, we should be source number one. So we see in Aleph, You breathe life into us. Okay, we talk about this every day. And that's, I always like starting with our sitter, because it gives us a daily anchor so we could take these spiritual practices and remember them. Right? So I hope every time, tomorrow morning, when you say, you can remember, oh, right, breathing conscientiously, breathing slowly. That's, that's our trigger. So we say this every day, it's based in the Gemara, God breathed soul into us. And of course, what is the original source of that concept? So it's source number two. Just last week's part, so. And God breathes from his nostrils the soul of life into man, and man became a living being. So it sounds like some crazy mystical idea, but it's Mamish Pshat in the Torah. God breathes life into us, and that life is our neshama. So he kind of takes from his soul, it seems like, and he breathes it into us. Okay, at least that was initially how we were created, through that spirit, through that breath of life. Okay? I was trying to think of other sukim which kind of also relate to this concept. So also in Bracious, the first way that God presents himself, the first way that we connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, is the Ruach Elohim, which is Merachefet the first time we meet God, it's a spirit of God. It's a wind of God. That's how we connect to God is through wind. Right? Sometimes I think about that, you know, when I'm at the beach in Tel Aviv or whatever. Um, not that I go to the beach to Tel Aviv that often, but I, truthfully, my wife likes to, to, to connect to Hashem sometimes. So there's like this nice beach over there. It's like a Haredi beach. It's like all the Haredi go there to like hang out, especially during Benaz Manim. And like, I don't know, and you feel, maybe it's just, maybe you feel something spirit, spiritual when you have it. It's kind of like a Haredi mixed mix beach. It's not really so mixed. 
you keep your eyes on the water and and you know that's it. That's, 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 it's not really honestly. It's not like people aren't swimming there because it's like off. How is there such thing as parading the speech? <laughs> it's that is the reality. Go to that. I'll have to. Like, it's on the boardwalk. It's on the port. It's on Namal Tel Aviv. And I'm not, I'm not lying. And in, in Bin Ismanin, there's like Mar of Minions constantly. There's no like. Yeah, there's no sand there. It's just, it's just water. That's why it's not a real beach. It's a nice place to dump. We're a little off topic. <laughs> the point is that I, I feel connected to God when I feel a little bit of spirit and, and on, the, on the river, on the ocean. So the, the wind of God, that's how at least I connect to a Kaddish Baruch. In fact, Eov also says this, and he says, The Ruach El Astani, the Spirit of God has created us, the Nishmat Shakai Tikhayini, and, and, the, and the soul of God has brought life to me. Okay? In fact, not just how God originally created us, but in the end of days, when God's going to resuscitate the dead, right? He's going to bring back the, the dead to life, right? Right down over there, right? Mount of Olives. going to wake up one morning during Shachar. Oh, they're, they're all coming back to life. So how, how is all that going to happen? It's, it says in I'm going to open up your 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 kvarim. I'm now put my spirit inside of you. And I'm gonna place you on the ground. And I have done this. But again, how does, is God in the end of days going to bring man back to life? Through his ruach, through his spirit, through the wind, so to speak. That's how we created life. And that's how he's going to bring the dead back to life in the end of days. You all with me so far? So all I'm showing is that there are many psukim which show that the wind of God is, is, uh, is, is a metaphor used, so to speak, to, to, used to bring back life. Now, I wasn't the first person to think of this. The Holy Tanya, Rav Shneir Zalman Liadi, the first, the Baba Sedebe, and uh, he writes this in his Sefer Tanya. Actually, I remember when I was in Shanalif right here, I used to learn Tanya. I think it was d- maybe during this lot. It's like, uh, no, actually, it was during dinner. I had a dinner Chavrusa with my friend Josh, who's now like a rabbi in New York. Uh, maybe he'll listen to this year. Who knows? Or of Josh. Uh, and uh, we, had, we had, I had like a Tanya hat. We used to learn Tanya together. That was the point. Uh, and, and I remember learning it here in Yeshiva. So I want to I wanna learn with you guys a passage. So Tanya says, "The nefesh hashenis to be Israel he chelik elokim mimal mamish." Okay, this is an important passage. The soul of an Israelite is a portion of God. Our soul is a part of God. Okay, kimosh katuv. And how do we know this? Vayipach ba'apav nishmat chayim. God breathed His soul into man. Okay, so we have a part of God, so to speak, and God breathed a part of Himself into us. As we say every day, I breathe soul into you. The Zohar writes this, God breathed from himself into mankind. From his essence. God, so to speak, breathed with koach into mankind and we get a chalik ability. Okay? So we, there we go. The, the, the Tanya is saying 
Tanya is a very Hasidic and Kabbalistic book that God breathed his soul into us through his spirit. Good. That was source number one, the main, main sources of, of God breathing life into us. Interestingly enough, the Zohar has another source, which you definitely wouldn't have thought of, which is a source of breath, of breath as a source of life. And that's the Pasuk in Kafches Yudbet, the story of Yaakov. And of course, the famous story of the ladder. Yaakov has this dream and he's running away from his brothers and he sees a stairway to the heavens. And the head of the, the, the stairway reaches the heavens. And there's angels going up and down the, the stairway to heaven. So everyone's trying to figure out what is the meaning of Yaakov's dream? What does it mean, angels going up and down? Like, what's, what's, it, what's it all about? And all the Mepharshim are trying to give different symbolism behind what are the angels going up and down. In a few weeks, you guys will learn it and then try to figure out what it means to you. But interestingly enough, the Zohar has his own shot about what this means. Can you guess, even before you see the source sheet, what does the Zohar say the angels going up and down symbolizes? Hint, it has to do with Arshir. Yeah? There we go. What's your name? Asher. Asher got it. He's a super genius. Gavalt. So, yeah, he's an excellent reader. It's not so easy to read. Many people in the world can't. Stop. So, 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 what, what's he doing? He's, he's, when the angels are going up, it's inhaling. And when the angels are going down, it's exhaling. Okay? So that, Experience that Yaakov had on, in, in Beit El of connecting to God in the deepest, highest way, says the Zohar, that is the breath that ascend and descend into the body. Okay? So in other words, through breathing, we all can have that revelatory, revelation type of experience that Yaakov Avinu has. You with me? Pretty crazy. Pretty wild and crazy what the Zohar is revealing to us. Okay? A few more um, sources, which I think relate to the concept, so you don't think I'm some hippie and uh, bringing my crazy Nachlot values to, but you know that it's actually in our holy sources. And then we're going to end Shir Bezrat Hashem actually doing a little bit of uh, breathing meditation. We, we, we'll, we'll do it. We, can, we, we have enough time. Bezrat Hashem. So this one's source test. We actually talk about this source in another source. When God gives us a man, the reason he gave us a man is not by bread alone does a man live. But that which comes from the mouth of God, that is, um, that is what we are living through. So that which comes... Now, earlier, remember a few weeks ago, for those who were here, we spoke about this Pasuk being the source of food being a way to connect to Hashem. That which comes from the mouth of God is when God gave us man, and eating is a way to connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay? But maybe even more simply, in this year, how else can we understand this Pasuk, how do we connect to a Kaddish Baruch Hu? What's that which comes out from, from God's mouth? Breath, exactly, right? When God is breathing, 
he's breathing life into us. He's giving, he's giving us life. And every breath is an opportunity to recognize that a Kaddish Baruch is giving us breath. And if we receive that breath, okay? Or we can just keep going with our lives and not understand that he's giving us that gift. You with me? So I didn't make this up. We're going to see uh, later, I, believe, I, I think it's the... Uh, we'll find... Oh, it's the Reishis Chachma. Which is one of the Kabbalistic sources I'm going to get to soon. That actually notes that this is another source... Uh, that, that breath is a gift from a Kaddish Baruch. Um, two more sources in our in our psukim. This one, uh, I think, I don't know if I found it in the source either, or I just made it up, but I just felt like, for me personally, you know, when is that time in the week when I really have the opportunity to connect to the breath and and actually take this Torah and and feel it? And it's not just another cute cheer. Shabbos. So I'm trying to think, where in Shabbos do we, do we see this concept of connecting to Hashem by slowing down and just breathing? So I thought, it's a song. So we should keep Shabbos. Okay? And on the seventh day, Shabbat, God rested. Okay? So the question, of course, is what does Vayina Fash mean? You know that God rested means Shabbat. But what's the meaning of Vayina Fash? Oh, so it could be it's Nefesh. It could be that we can interpret it, he brings Nefesh into the world. He brings soul into the world. You could say he rested. But Shabbat means rested. So what's the difference between Shabbat and Vayina Fash? Perhaps you could say Shabbat is like a physical resting and Vayina Fash is a spiritual type of resting. It's another uh, possible way of, of interpreting it. Or like we were saying before, he breathes nefesh into the world. It's just interesting for me to note that nefesh is, is the same letters as neshef, which means neshifat, to breathe. So again, it's not exactly the same. I'm not going to pretend. But it's, uh, when, when Rav Hirsch points out, when, when words have the same letters, it's not a coincidence fact that they have the same letters means that they're related to each other conceptually. So I was just thinking that God kind of breathes on Shabbos. And you know, personally, when do I, when I, when do, I do the, the, the breathing, slowing down meditation? Every Friday night before I start my Amidah, usually when I'm at the Kotel, that's like my breathing time during the week. I'm like, I just take a few breaths and really like try to feel connected to Hashem through Shabbos Kodesh, the time when He breathes, I try to also breathe a little bit. Yes, I'll... What was breathing again? So, Neshef and Shof. That's one of the words. One of the words which, which, which is used to describe breathing. I think earlier we saw... What is, the Torah used a different word. What did we say? Tanefach tapi. That you, you, you uh, breathed so into us. At least that's the Aramaic word. Uh, when he blew. That's a different word. So, maybe it's just an illusion, but at least for me, that was my, that was my, that's my code word to, to understand. Hashem rest, and I also need to rest in Shabbos Kodesh. And of course, maybe the most famous Malkor for the concept of using breath as a way of connecting to Kodesh Baruch Hu is the Halukah that we say every single day. And it's the final Pasuk, Kol HaNeshama with all my soul, I'm going to praise the Kaddish Baruch Hu. With all my soul. 
So it's a famous midrash. It's also, I believe, quoted in the Gemara. Al kol neshima v'neshima shehu noshem tzarich lekales hakadosh baruch So it says David Melech, don't read it kol haneshama with all the soul, but rather with every neshima, with every breath, we should praise hakadosh baruch Hu. It says in Shachar, at the end of Shachar, it's the last, it's the last words of Tehillim. Mom's the last pasuk, and it's the most chash of Tehillim, and and it's the and it's the last. Right, Ragach Shem Le'Olam, exactly, and it's the most important Tehillim halachically and also hashkafically. And Rav Levi is teaching us it's not just that the whole soul, but with every breath we should be praising Hashem. In other words, with every breath we have an opportunity to feel Hashem's love, and to praise the Kaddish Baruch. So in just uh, a few minutes, we're actually going to do that, and we're going to use every breath to feel connected to Hashem and to praise Him. Literally means the whole soul praises God. But the rabbis do their little, you know, creative drusha thing, and they add a little yud in there, and they say, it's not nishama, don't read it nishama, but nishima. Again, obviously it's not a coincidence that nishama and nishima have the same core letters, and they're saying that in order, maybe, maybe what they're saying this is just coming down right now, is that if you want to get connected to the nishama, you know how you feel your nishama? Nishima. Breath. Okay? If you're connecting to your breath, you can connect to your soul. Which is such an amazing concept, because we know that not just in the Jewish world, but there's all sorts of meditative uh, retreats and yoga and all these different things where people are realizing, wow, if I want to get connected to maybe they won't say soul, to my consciousness, to my inner calm, I gotta breathe. If you wanna be happy, I gotta start watching the breath, being aware of the breath, which is something as we're seeing is so much a part of our Hasidic and Kabbalistic tradition. Yeah? Okay, a few more uh, sources. There's an amazing sefer called Bilvavi Mishkan Evne. Have you guys uh, heard of it? Are you familiar with it? Okay, so it's a beautiful sefer. sefer. Um, Rav Itamar Schwartz, he's a current rabbi. Um, and one of the most, it's a blend between Musr and Hasidus. It's really, really beautiful. If you get nothing else out of this year, learn a little Bilvavi Mishkan Evne, or you know, we can make a Chavrusa, because I really love this Sefer. And they even have it now in English, online, and, and in all the bookstores. So uh, I'll send a passageway to the group. I'll send, he has like a 45 page pamphlet just on, on breathing and using breath as a way of connecting to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But this is just a passage that I took out of it. So he says, beginning to become aware that's of your breathing. That's the, the chapter head. How does one begin to feel and become aware of his breathing? One needs to set a time, time for this and sit quietly and start exhaling and inhaling with calmness. Pay attention to the breathing and listen slowly to the breathing. Then you will begin to feel the breathing. Quiet time is necessary for this. If a person is harried, either mentally or, or, or physically, right, you're anxious, then there is no chance that he will be able to feel his breathing and become aware of it. But if a person sets aside just five minutes a day, even three minutes a day, and tries to become aware of each breath that he breathes during this time, then not only will he become aware of his breathing, but he will become, begin to feel a more inward kind of feeling as he is exhaling and inhaling. Okay? So, the Bilbavi is teaching us, first off, just you need to set aside even five minutes a day, even three minutes a day, and all you got to do, it's nothing fancy, nothing complicated, is just breathe a little slower, 
exhale a little slower. Become aware of the fact that you're receiving breath and you're exhaling breath. And just by doing that, automatically you're going to start becoming a more inward and more spiritual person. You're going to start becoming a more aware person. And it's not rocket science. All it takes is three minutes a day. And again, there's a big rabbi with a big black hat, you know, living in a Haredi town. And he's telling you, it's not me, but he's telling you, just take a few minutes a day. It's not Bittu Torah to breathe and become more connected to Gadash Baruch Hu. I think it also relates, if you remember when we've learned about davening, remember the Hasidim Arishonim Ayushoin Shachad, we talked about that right before the break, the early righteous people who would meditate for an hour before they daven, and we suggested that perhaps we should be davening seven and a half seconds per word, but perhaps you could suggest based on this, that what were they doing before they started davening? They were breathing, they were breathing a little bit, not just for five minutes, maybe for a full hour, they were getting into this meditative, more connected to their neshama state of mind so that they could daven properly. And in fact, the Ramam writes that. He says if you just rush into davening, you're not going to be able to daven with kavana because your mind is going to be scattered. But if we take a few minutes before davening and we gather our thoughts and get connected to our breathing and to our neshama, then we have a chance, maybe, of, of actually, you know, davening with kavana. Sounds good? So that's what the Bilbavi is suggesting. He didn't specifically link it to davening, I am, because I found for myself that when it really helps my davening, when I, when I just take a few breaths before I start my Amidah in particular, and, you know, do this little breathing meditation that we're going to do, it really helps me uh, feel more connected. Um, I'm not going to have time for all the source sheets, so I'll just kinda, I'm just going to kind of show you that in our tradition, Kabbalists talk about this concept of breathing conscientiously. Okay? We're not going to really go into the, the meditations because I'm not a Kabbalist. I don't know how to do all this Kabbalistic stuff. I don't think it's for us. But, and my mom will kill me because whatever. She doesn't want me to be, you know, going off and studying Kabbalah. Not yet 40. But we can, we can just taste it to see that this is really a part of, a part of our tradition. Okay, so uh, Rupinkas of Karetz, he's a, a famous Hasidic Rebbe. So he writes in Source Yudalit, the reason that the heavens sometimes cloud over without reason is because there are clouds that cover the mind, as is mentioned in the, in the Tikkunim, right, the Kabbalistic sources. The dispersion of the clouds is by breath, namely the movements, the way one moves during prayer. For the movements come from the lungs, which correspond to breath, as is mentioned several times in the Zohar and the Tikkuni. So again, I don't really understand what this means. I'm not claiming to understand what this means. But what I see here is that he's talking about how our, our breath is correlated to the clouds in the heavens, and somehow our breathing conscientiously can actually affect the physical universe. And somehow that when I, even the way I'm moving and davening, um, and the way I'm breathing can clear my mind. Okay? And... And, and help my mind get to a more state of mochin uh, de godless or, or, or unconstricted consciousness. Okay? And another Kabbalistic source, which I don't really understand, Reishis Chachma, who's a, a very famous Kabbalist, writes, there are 1080 parts to an hour, I guess like breaking it down per second, corresponding to the four-letter name, which has 10,080 permutations. Okay? In other words, if you take the Yud Kevavke and you spell it in many different types of ways, you'll get 1080 different types of ways to spell it in God's name. 
I haven't done the math. I, I just trust the Kabbalists. There are 1080 parts of the hour corresponding to 1080 breath, that one breath that you breathe each hour. Each breath corresponds to one of the letter permutations of the four-lettered name, giving life to each breath. In other words, each breath that we take, God is, is actually a different aspect of Kaddish Baruch Hu, of God's revealing himself in the world. Thus, not by bread alone does not end, but each individual should live on that which comes from God's breath. In other words, what he's saying is, God is giving breath to us every moment, and when we breathe, we're receiving a different aspect of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And if you were a big Kabbalist, you'd be doing meditations about which, I don't know, all these different letters names of God, which are coming into your brain. I'm not a Kabbalist. I'm not recommending you do these meditations. All I'm showing you is that you know, Kabbalists would use breathing as a way of connecting to a Kaddish Baruch when feeling like all, every breath is a gift from Hashem. Okay? One last source. This one's from the Chaye Maharan. Which anybody know who, who wrote that sefer? Who's that sefer written about? Rabbi Nachman Breslov. Okay? It's about the life of Rabbi Nachman. And it says, Rabbi Nachman says something very, very... Rabbi Nachman. And Rabbi Nachman says, if you really want to return to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, guys, may Hashem be blessed you've got to transform yourself into a new creature. How do you return yourself? How do you do tshuva? How do you make yourself into a new creature? So Rabbi Nachman's going to tell us how we make yourself into a new creature. By a sigh. One eye. One just... Sigh and a breath can transform yourself into a new creature. A human cannot... Sorry? It's a good thing. A good, a good kvaretch, according to Rabbi Nachman, can actually be the transformation point to start making you a new person, if done in the right way. And that's why sometimes you'll see breast lovers screaming and sighing, not as a rebellion against God, but just maybe letting it all out type of thing. Like, I want to start again. You'll sometimes see them screaming in the forest. For each moment that he breathes, he exhales and inhales. This is the essence of his being. The air is rooted above. When one sighs, he releases himself from the channels of impure air and connects himself to the channels of pure air. By means of a sigh for one's transgressions, an individual can release himself from the root of an impurity and connect himself to the root of holiness. So, so there you see what we're saying is, what's your name? Sorry, Noam, that... Um, you're sighing as a frustration because you've sinned. Not just stop. And that, oi, I've sinned, I want to start again, is the, is the first step in this tshuva process, says Rabbi Nachman. So again, all I'm showing you is that breath, and in this case, a sigh, according to Rabbi Nachman Yvesov, can also be used as a transformative moment. Okay? Finally, the Magin Mimezris, the student of the Baal Shem Tov, second generation, says, when we, breath is inhaled, in preparation for speaking, then the realm of thought becomes great and expansive. So, very, very practical thought. Before you're about to make a big speech, take a deep breath, and that allows your, your mind to go into a state of expanded consciousness and calm down and connect to a Kaddish Baruch. Okay? The other sources that I brought, you could read it on your own. I don't need to read it. But basically... It's just showing you that actually in the secular world, it has now become very accepted that breathing, it, 
I mean conscientious breathing, slow breathing, um, can be used to calm yourself down, to get rid of anxiety, to weight loss, uh, to be a happier person. This is something that Navy SEALs use. This is something used by many psychologists for people going through a hard time. It's become a very accepted uh, thing in the secular world. And uh, so it's not just our Torah sources which show that uh, breathing can be very helpful, but it's actually Baruch Hashem become very... The world picked up on this concept and it's now, uh, now you have all sorts of retro people doing these breathing techniques. Okay? So before we leave, like I said, we always gotta take what we learned and put it into practice. Okay? So all we're gonna do, nothing too crazy tonight, is... It's always wild and crazy, but basically, I'm going to do the following, my friends. I'm going to ask us to sit up in a nice, comfortable position. You can, you can sit. You don't have to stand. You can sit in a comfortable position and to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. It's always easier to get a little connected to Hashem when we're not seeing the physical world. And we're going to do two meditations. The first, all we're going to do is breathe slower, inhale slower, and exhale slower. For me, the easiest way to do this, you could already start if you'd like, is to focus on breathing through your nose. Okay? Not through your mouth. Try to inhale through your nose. It's hard. You can do it, guys. You can do it, guys. Okay, guys. So again, first step is close our eyes. Let's, let's get into a little bit of a serious state of mind because the greater that every one of us contributes to our spiritual energy. So if we're doing it, we're helping each other. And I want us to just start inhaling slowly through our nostrils and exhaling slowly. And I'm going to start counting to kind of get pace us. And I'm simply going to count to four. And when I'm counting, I want you to inhale up till I get to the end of four. And then exhale. So inhale. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, Two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Keep doing that while I'm talking. And what I'd like us to do is what Rav Levy recommended to use every breath, every nishima, as an opportunity to praise Hashem and to thank Hashem. So, with every inhale, I'd like us to think the word Toda. To da. Maybe it's even easier. Inhale with To and exhale with Da. And really try to feel it, not just say it. And if it makes it, for me, it makes it more powerful 
when I think of something in my life that I'm genuinely grateful for. So for us, maybe it's our health, that I'm breathing right now, that I'm healthy. Maybe it's my mom, my dad, my brothers, my family, who I love so much. Maybe you could think of something good, a blessing that God gave you this week. For me, I passed my tour guide test, thank God. So I'm thanking him, I'm thanking him, saying thank you, and I'm genuine about it, I'm feeling it. Now I can learn Torah, and now I can focus on Avodah Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. One, you can thank Hashem with a toe, and breathe out negative. Oh. Okay, beautiful guys.